Hi, this is Matthew Rose, and you are listening to the CVH Podcast. Yes, yes. You are. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Thursday, January 20th. Um, welcome to the CVH Podcast, and... Um, it almost looks like the sun's going to peek out today in Paris. I've been here for two weeks. I think I've seen the sun twice. That, uh, that winter, that European winter gray haze that, that was so, um, prominent in Munich seems to have taken over Paris here, but it looks like it might show up today. It's early. Uh, what time is it? So it's 2.30 a.m. in the, in the States, in the East. Um. You know, on the way over here, I was a, uh, um, um, I watched a movie. I watched a documentary on Anthony Bourdain, who is hard not to like, um, uh, or, or hard not to relate to. He's, he's kind of a tall and sort of a prick and, and, <laughs> uh, hard not to, hard not to relate. Um, he's also, he's also got a giant heart and, um. It was beautiful and sad and wonderful and depressing and all of those things. It was really well done. Um, I can't remember what they called it. doesn't matter. Some new Anthony Bourdain documentary. It was great. And I, I took a lot of things from it. And it was interesting. And, and um, you know, you never know what people are going through. Uh, you know, his end is not so, is not a mystery. You don't need to watch this documentary to know that the guy killed himself. Um, really spontaneously. Uh, it, I, I think it was a, I think it was, um, uh, an acute moment of sadness that, uh, overwhelmed him. And, you know, if you're to believe the documentary and I'm not sure why you wouldn't, um, you know, he offed himself of a broken heart, you know, it really truly was, uh, a broken heart. The man had no drugs in his system. He wasn't drunk. Um, this was, this was a, um, uh, as clear a mind as he probably had because he, he was no stranger to drugs and alcohol. And, um, and, uh, it was a, it was a broken heart move really. And it was, uh, sad and, and, um, you know, for a guy with that kind of success to, to have that sort of sadness in him was, um, eye opening. And, and it, and it, it made me think a lot about, um, what we do. Um, <clears throat> you know, his life was, <coughs> excuse me. His life to anybody on the outside was very charmed, um, you know, incredibly successful uh, chef, restaurant owner, and and uh, you know turned into you know travel and and um, and food TV host, you know, and the, anybody who remembers um, uh, you know his shows on on Travel Channel CNN was what an incredible life, you know, traveling the world, meeting people, enjoying uh, different cultures and eating amazing things. And it was like this, it was like a travel journal show and, and, um, you know, mixed in with people and mixed in with, uh, the struggles of human nature and, and, and what people are going through is a beautiful, beautiful show. And, and it was hard not to like him. I did. I, I, I really, I, um, you know, in, in the, in the weird ego way, you want to relate to him as being like this super cool world traveler. You know, it's, <laughs> you want to think that you're that, <laughs> um, but th- there were there were a couple of things that he said uh, and was quoted as saying in the in the documentary that were um, 
easy to relate to, and it's not always easy for people outside of of um, this life to understand it. Now, I'm not here to say woe is me by any stretch, but there are things that you, or I say you, I, I mean me, um, that nobody told you about um, when it came to this uh, charmed life, and it is charmed. It is a life that most people don't get to live, and and but with that, there's not a great handbook uh, as to the things that are going to come up. Um, things you know they, they never told us in school. Uh, things your your parents couldn't warn you about, and and um, and they're real and need to be considered, and um, uh, especially during COVID time, these things are amplified a lot, uh, and and um, I am in Paris. If you could see the view out of my apartment, you'd be shocked. It's it's stunning. I have an incredible view of Paris, right? Full stop, right there. No no complaining, CVH. <laughs> You're done. That's it. Most people don't get this view ever, and you have it every morning. <laughs> and so really, that should be the end of the conversation, but it's not. And, and um, um, uh, I am singing a title character at the Paris Opera, right? Full stop. Don't say no more, CVH. <laughs> uh, any, anybody who's looking at that's going. He's got. He's got everything. He's got the world, um, and it's true. I agree. I agree. I'm with you. There is no way to complain about this. This. This is um, the exact thing that um, I hoped for. This is literally the thing that I wanted. I started to study singing, and I learned about this business and this life, and I said, I want that. And here it is. I've got it. I'm holding it. It's mine. And there's um, um, there's something in the chase that's the exciting part. It, the exciting part is getting to this. The exciting part was the journey to this. Now, <laughs> now you have it, right? You want to hold on to it. You want to keep it. This is the best part. This is the heaviest drug. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay in this one, and that's your new goal. How long can I uh, hang on to this? Because I will be replaced someday, and somebody else will do this, uh, and so it's mine. And I'm, I'm gonna hang on. And um, you know, within within this, there undoubtedly are things that you weren't prepared for, and things that were in this, you know, people who were in this position, and there's not a lot of them. Uh, this is the chosen few really. And, and, um, uh, there's no handbook as to how this goes. Now, what is it? It's you are for most of your time incredibly alone. Uh, that is the price, the price of, of, of being the chosen few with your name on the top of the marquee and the incredible view is that you're alone. And that's a heavy price, and you weren't you weren't prepared for this one, you know. Um, uh, and and the, uh, the isolation is compounded by your um, inability to communicate at a higher level, you know. I can certainly ask people how they're doing, how, you know, how's your family? I, my my French is is uh, elementary enough that it, you can you can get through your day without being an idiot, but at the same time, you're not necessarily. Uh, delving into the to the inner psyche of of uh, world philosophy, you're not um, you're not having a meaningful conversation. You're connecting, 
but not in a not in an overly meaningful, satisfying way. And 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 people speak English here fine, but I'm just talking about in the course of your of your daily exchanges with human beings, whether or not you're in the you're in the bakery or the the grocery store or talking with the security guard on your way in, you're not you're not um, you, you know you end up making those conversations short because you're you're it, it, it's uh, it, you're intimidated by the idea of of um, delving further, and so that's that compounds your isolation a little bit. Now, on top of that, it's still COVID, right? We got people dropping like flies around here. People in the chorus, I, I heard three or four people in the chorus now have it, and they they're they're out. You know, like there's there's this looming COVID bad word that's um, that threatens to shut down the thing that you're here for. Uh, the thing that you put up with your isolation and your and your separation from your family, uh, it, you know that is the show, right? And so now you have this other thing looming that says, "I'm threatening that part too." And so you're you're compounded three ways to loneliness, and um, it's a thing. And in this in this documentary, um, at one point he's quoted as saying that. He wants to be loyal to the nightmare of his choice. Yeah, I need the, the quote is: "I need to be loyal to the nightmare of my choice," and um, and I relate to that. That's that's um, that's very relatable. Um, this is not a nightmare, but sometimes it can be, and I need to. I feel like I'm I'm I have to I have to pay uh, the lonely price to do what I do, and and. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me, it's early. I forgive me. Um, if you want your name on the top of the marquee, if you want thirteen performances at the famed Paris Opera, if you want to be Don Giovanni, you want to have this view that I have here. There's a price, and 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 the price is um, loneliness, and and that's just the reality of it. Um, I have a terrible time sleeping in my life generally, and. And um, uh, jet lag makes that even worse. And so I can, uh, you know, for the first week, I could be up at any hour of the night. And that compounds on it too. And it sounds like I'm just being like a complaining bitch right now. But, um, um, you know, that that kind of thing, um, it, it wears you down. It wears you down. For sure it wears you down. Uh, and little things become big things in your head. And, and, and isolation, which... At times, I I love, um, I love to to have the self discovery that comes from isolation. Uh, it's usually when I've made my biggest leaps. Uh, I think as an artist are are in these moments of of solitude, <clears throat> and um, uh, they're important. Uh, but after a while, you just you're 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 not connected, and to people, you know, not connected to to. Um, uh, human contact and and uh it's it's a hard price to pay <clears throat> oh forgive me uh and that's kind of what i'm dealing with right now and and i'm so excited for my show i really am i'm 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 so excited and i know opening that show is going to be the thing that 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 balances so much of this out and we're getting close but but it's a thing and and um uh, it's a big part of it, and and I find that I have to monitor myself, my uh, monitor my my uh, mental condition. Not to say that I'm deteriorating by any stretch. I'm not because because I I have learned this, 
this over the years. I have I have figured out what I need to do to survive and, and be strong and, and um, distract myself and keep a schedule and all of those things that that keep your your brain from getting too far into it. But um, it's it seems like the closer we're getting to the show, the the worse it's getting because my my paranoia is, is raising. Um, uh, I want to get to my show. I want to get to my performances. I want to. I want to see an audience. You know, this is what I do, and I'd like to do it. I would like to be loyal to the nightmare of my choice. Oh, <laughs> uh, and and um, you know, and and later on in the documentary, he's quoted um, uh, again later. Now he doesn't say it, but somebody attributes it to him, and um, he said, "The world's greatest sin is mediocrity." And um, I, I, um, I don't know if it's the world's greatest sin, but it's pretty up there. It's pretty high up there. And and, and to that end, I should shut the fuck up and get back to work. <laughs> uh, we didn't get here by being mediocre, and we're not going to stay here by being mediocre. And so to that end, uh, it's it's time to to press press the pedal even further, and and um, and make what you're doing great, so that it is worth. Uh, the price that that you're paying, and um, you know, I'm not um, I, I'm I'm not somebody who ever wants anyone to ever feel sorry for them because I I do live a charmed life, but the thing that they don't tell you when in school is is a lot of this um, uh, coming home to a five star apartment by yourself is tough. <laughs> it's better than coming home to to a one star apartment. <laughs> Uh, I remember, and I won't, I won't say the singer's name. It was one of my very first paid job in Florida Grand Opera, and I was staying at the uh, extended stay of Coral Gables, <laughs> and I stayed there for two months. I think it was more than two months because I did two shows. It might have been more like three, but I was at the extended stay. Now, look, I was twenty-three years old. I, I was just so happy to be paid to sing. And I think we made, you know, $600 a week. And I thought, oh, my God, this is the best. <laughs> uh, but I, I stayed in a, an extended stay, um, uh, what do you call it, studio <clears throat> for months. And, um, you know, that was my that was my uh, first taste of, of life on the road. And, and there was another singer in the cast. And... Um, you know, what you do in the first day of rehearsal, everybody says, how's your apartment? Where are you staying? Where are you staying? And he was staying at the, um, at the yacht club. Uh, I don't know if it was the four seasons or the Ritz Carlton or some, you know, some super high end luxury condo building. And he was on Miami beach and it was, uh, it was costing a fortune. You know, I was, st- I was at the extended stay, which was, you know, hundreds of dollars a week. And he was at this other place that was five six thousand a month and I was I was floored now obviously he was making a different paycheck than I was at the time he was he was much higher up the rung but uh I still I couldn't even fathom spending that kind of money on housing and I asked him I just wanted to know I'm I'm always curious about this I when, when things surprise me I have to ask and and um he said then almost 20 years ago um 20 years ago exactly yeah 20 almost yeah 20 years ago, uh, he said, I have to stay in a place like this so that I don't jump out the window. And it hit me. I mean, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I thought, this guy's got trouble, man. He's, 
his brain's not in the right place. What do you mean? You know, this is this is the gravy train, right? You know, at Florida Grand Opera, as if that was the gravy train. But in my head, it was at least for him because he had a big role and he was making a lot of money, and or, it, or what I perceived as a lot of money at the time. And he said, "I have to stay here so I don't jump out the window." And I mean, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. What What are you talking about? What you have the big role? You have. The, I mean, you can even staying in a place like this is is remotely possible. Like, what? How? How is it that you're sad? You know, that didn't make sense to me. And I, I get it now, baby. I get it. Uh, uh, and and um, the the creature comforts on the road have to be sometimes paid for so that you don't jump out the window. And that's, and um, uh, you know that that makes a lot more sense to me now. And and. I guess somebody did tell me, right? I say nobody told me, but they did. He told me then, and it didn't make sense. I didn't understand it, and you don't understand it until you're in it, and um, uh, and that's the case. And so when I have this beautiful view in an incredible part of town and, and um, my name on the top of the marquee, um, you know, you looks like you have everything everything, uh, you know, the world by the balls, and, and, and there's, there's the price that comes with that, and, and the price is being paid and COVID is making that much worse. What a complaining bitch I am this morning. <laughs> I truly am fine. It's just, it's just one of those things when you're, when you're feeling a little more disconnected from home than normal and, 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 um, uh, you know, you're just not, you're not in the right time zone. You're not, you're not, uh, meeting up when you're, when it makes most sense for everybody. And so, you know, everybody's got their own schedule and life has to go on and, and, uh, and all of that, um, and it's not up to somebody else to make sure that that uh, um, it's not up to other people to make sure that you're doing okay. You need to be doing okay. You need to make sure uh, and figure out figure it out what it is that you need to to um, survive. But today is our zits probe. We have seven more days of actual rehearsal before we open, which is absurd in my head. I wish it was seventeen. Uh, but it's seven, and that's that's the case. We've got uh, thirteen performances, and I expect this show is going to be great by the third. <laughs> uh, it's hard to believe that we've staged it all, and and we're just going to start running things on stage, and and um, that's where we are. That's what she said, right? What is it? That one. What she said. That one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Uh, but today's the day of the zits, and we love that. We love to back out, get into another room, hear the orchestra, and and go back to you know focus on the music part of things, which which always gets lost in those first couple of weeks where you're just trying to figure out where to stand, which door to enter. There are nine entrances to this set. Nine. Uh, I don't use all of them, but I use six of them, and I never remember which one. <laughs> Seems like any time I exit the stage, I go to the wrong one. <laughs> and somebody starts shouting and waving their arms, and I go, oh, fuck it, who cares? <laughs> There's so many exits. Does it really matter which one I leave? I don't come back in that one, so what does it matter? <laughs> I love you for listening. Thursday, January 20th. See, it's not all fun and games here. Sometimes... uh, uh we we get to be reminded that um, um, uh, there's a real life on this road, and we gotta we gotta figure out how to live it. Everybody, have a great great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Okay, thanks. Bye. Why am 
night sky or the lights hung Why is the earth moving round the sun Floating in the vacuum with no purpose, not a one Why in the night sky are the lights hung Life made only for the end Why do I do all this waiting then? Why this frightened part of me that's fated to pretend? Why is life made only for the end? Why in the night sky are the lights on? Mm-hmm. 